right. So we're here with Mark Wandler, who is the CEO and co-founder of Sustainable. So uh, Mark, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of what are your hobbies and interests outside of business? Sure. Um, so basically, before I got super involved in business, sports was basically my love and passion. Uh, soccer was my go-to sport. So I was a varsity athlete uh, during my undergrad out at Western. I was a kinesiologist. Um and I gravitated towards the exercise and nutrition side of things. So I really like how food interacts with our body, how our bodies work. Um, always had a passion for health and trying to just live an active and healthy lifestyle. Um, and beyond sports, uh, I paid for a good portion of my undergrad playing poker, um, both during class and studying, which is an interesting tidbit. Um, and then in the last probably seven or eight years, I've gotten into gardening because growing your own food and what's going on with the food system is crazy. Um, and I like it. It's a challenge, but one of my rules is if I'm growing it, I got to be able to eat it. So I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool that you were so good at poker that you kept going. <laughs> That's awesome. So um, the second question. So can you tell us about Sustainable and in your LinkedIn bio, you mentioned how it was started from a UBC group project. And if you kind of mind elaborating on that experience and what made you want to continue that business venture. Yeah, sounds good. So yeah, Sustainable was born out of my MBA. Uh, it was the coming together of, and I guess that's because UBC has a very diverse program, people coming from all over different backgrounds. Um, so one of the, my classmates came from the beer industry. Um, and he actually worked in the bridge here in Vancouver for five years. And he was the one who brought forward the problem saying that a lot of craft breweries are struggling with waste management side of this spent grain barley, um, and seeing what could we do with it. So that kind of is where sustainable was born. I come from a healthcare background. We also had somebody who came from a food nutrition background in our group and we basically looked at a few different ways to use spent grain. Um, but mine was all about having worked with diabetics through a previous career with Alberta Health Services. Um, basically, this was everything we were trying to get our clients to eat. So all the sugar uh, has been extracted and gone into beer. All the fiber and protein is left behind. And so we thought if we could feed this to people and get it incorporated into our diets, it's not only healthier for the planet, but it's also healthier for people. Um, so yeah, so that was the journey sustainable is now four years old so we i uh chose to take it forward after the mba um it's been four years since we incorporated it and yeah we were full steam ahead up until COVID hit and made us really have to reevaluate everything um one of the things we looked at was like we wanted to go food services because there's a lot more you can do with it. You can pivot faster. It's a lot less expensive, uh, but COVID forced us to accelerate plans to go consumer packaged goods, which I guess helped for branding and messaging and building awareness, but the cost of doing business with groceries pretty big. Um, and so for those who aren't familiar, sustainable is basically the concept of upcycled foods uh, with a unique spin that we take brewery byproduct and we're baking it back into our food system through baking mixes an upcycled barley flour, and then baked goods, a variety of baked goods. Yeah, I personally have had the product and I actually really liked it. I thought it was pretty cool. I was honestly a little surprised that no one else has done something like this because I guess breweries and the beer business has been around a long time and 
no one really had the idea, oh, let's actually do something with it. And I guess that kind of comes back towards upcycling. So I guess my question is kind of, can you elaborate more about the upcycling industry as a whole? And what do you think of the sector um, kind of as a well-being for the planet and the future of that? Yeah, so upcycling, it's not new per se. Um, it's newish because of the last 40 years, we were very focused on linear streamlining um, and doing things from just an economic perspective, which with inflation rising, it's interesting because it's actually doubling down and helping out the upcycled food movement because food prices are going up. And so we do need to utilize it more now from an economic standpoint, let alone an environment environmental one. Um, but it was pretty much born like the upcycled food movement. Uh, it started off probably around 2012, 2013. There's a few people doing it pretty nascent, pretty young. Um, when we got in, we weren't the first to do it. Um, we've probably grown it and are now the biggest, one of the biggest ones in Canada doing specifically our line of product. Um, but for me, it's just basically utilizing our resources better. So looking beyond just utilizing money to the best of our ability, we need to utilize our resources to the best of our ability. And that's kind of spurring the circular economy, uh, which upcycled foods is just a facet of. That's really interesting. I didn't actually know how like new the upcycling industry was how you were saying how it's only like around 10 years old that's like really cool because i feel like we talk more about it now so i actually didn't know how like new it was um but so i guess going on to the next question was if there are any future plans for sustainable i mean there's tons of future plans for sustainable uh for us it's about taking a logical approach um uh I like going fast and the last little bit has gone much slower than I like to go. Um, but we're really having to be a little bit more cautious, especially with inflation. Uh, everything, number one job of a CEO I keep hearing is don't run out of cash. So we're making sure that uh, that hopefully won't be a problem for us. Uh, the one nice, nice thing is that our byproduct, um, we are able to get it free of charge. So we have a free input. The trouble is processing that input uh, because it can spoil so quickly because of the moisture levels. We have to dehydrate it rapidly. And so that's our biggest struggle right now is building that infrastructure to be able to do it at scale. Um, so future plans for sustainable, once we have that one facility off the bat, I want to build a much more transparent business. We've had lots of people asking to see behind the scenes. Um, until we kind of own that process, we can't really show much behind it. Uh, but yeah, no, I want to build it out. I want to be a, a very transparent and sustainable company. Uh, we need to rapidly do this to fight back on climate change, um, but also an unhealthy diets and just really for us, like creating some of these baking groups, some of the stuff we're starting to do now, uh, we're no longer taking charge. People have asked us to like, just create the groups and they'll take it forward. So we're going to test that out. Uh, hopefully launching a baking group by the end of this month. And then uh, a few interesting partnerships that we're still working on building out in the background. Cool. I mean, I love what you said about transparency in business. I think a lot of companies, even like sustainable based companies, kind of just end up going in the greenwashing like kind of side of things. They don't really want to show off what you're doing as an actual company that's being sustainable and where you're moving in that direction. So I get totally that you, you can't share it yet because you got to make sure you got the business side of things sorted out. But I really respect kind of where you're going. And I guess that kind of 
we want I, we want to talk a little bit about you because you've had a, over 16 different roles in management, customer service, operations, and we think that you probably have a lot that you've taken from that and have kind of like been able to put into sustainable. And we were wondering if you have like what would you say to like a someone who's looking into like a sustainable a sustainable business venture? What would you offer them as some advice from your many endeavors? Um, so for me, I like have a motto, it's accidentally on purpose. Um, and so like, I do everything accidentally on purpose, going back to like playing poker, I ended up playing a free tournament during a class just to keep me focused. Uh, cause one of my classes was going too slow. I ended up winning $20 off a free tournament. And then I turned that into over $20,000. So wow. it's kind of like, I didn't really have this passion to play poker. Poker kind of found me, Sustainable kind of found me. And if there's this pull, um, so it starts out maybe by accident, but there's this pull that really gets you to keep doing it. So that's kind of what happened with Sustainable. Um, and that's what I kind of tell everybody who's like, if you're going out to do your first job, look for job flexibility, look for where you want to learn things. Um, as soon as you find what you're really after, that's when you start wanting to looking for state stability and career growth. But until that point, Honestly, like you want to take jobs that are going to excite you, that are going to bring you learning opportunity, that are going to allow you to utilize some of your tools and really hone in on what do you like doing? Like, is there a particular industry that you really want to work in? Just try working in that, but open yourselves up to any job within that industry. Um, if there's a specific role you want to do, then maybe then be a little bit more flexible on what industry and just work within that role. Um, cause you can always move laterally. So the one thing I'd say is I'm like, don't stick into a role. If you know, it's not the right fit. It's too short to be doing, uh, working a job that you're miserable and don't enjoy. Um, and that's kind of why I worked in 16 different roles is that most of them were with, I think 13 of those 16 roles are with two companies, WestJet and Alberta health services. I enjoyed the people. I enjoyed some of the work, but I, just needed to be challenged more in certain ways. So I'd keep taking on a different task or moving into a slightly different role in the department. And it really just made me a stronger uh, employee because like when I was at WestJet in operations at the airport, I was one of two people who knew basically every single job at the airport because I had either directly worked in it or worked immediately adjacent to it. Um, and I'm just curious and asked a lot of questions if I didn't work directly in it. So when they needed somebody to like take a holistic look at uh, what was happening in the airport when something was going wrong, it was naturally like me or that person that they would turn to. And so we became super valuable to the organization. That's really good advice. I guess um, kind of like me and Ravi kind of almost starting to enter like our careers. I feel like... Um, like a lot of like business students as well kind of fall into the trap of settling sometimes. So that's really good advice to kind of like never be satisfied if you're not happy in what you're doing. So I think that's really awesome. And I guess also of- to add on to that quickly, it's like kind of just going with only one job, like having a goal in first year of like university and just going for the first job you think. If you want to be an accountant, you just the whole way, you just, I'm going to be an accountant. I'm going to be an accountant. I don't care if I don't like it. I just want to be an accountant. And I think that's what you did was you went into an industry you found was interesting, whether it be airport, WestJet, whatever that is, and kind of tested out a few different things for a few years. And you came out of it kind of loving it and wanted to pivot. So yeah, I just think flexibility is a big, a big thing. And I mean, you're proof of that. (laughs) Yeah. And honestly, like there's two of those roles for three of those years, right after university, 
I worked two of those roles concurrently. Um, but I was pretty adamant of the work schedule I wanted with uh, particularly like Alberta Health Services because that one was more of your daytime hours. WestJet had a lot of flexibilities with shifts. Uh, but I was like really a work hard, play hard. Because when you're younger, you're a little bit more able to do that. As soon as you start getting some responsibilities, uh, as soon as you start getting like a relationship on the side, uh, you have kids early on, which is totally cool if you want to do that. But it takes away a lot from your ability to experiment with your career. So I worked 70, 80 hours a week, which kind of geared me and made me uh, able to dive into entrepreneurship knowing the work hours. Um, But every second weekend, and because I was working for WestJet, I had a play hard weekend. So I would go somewhere in North America and spend three days just visiting a new city. So I got to really um, travel a lot, which was cool. I got to learn a lot, um, but I truly was playing a work hard, play hard. Yeah, I think that's like the best way to do it when you're young and like in your early 20s. Honestly, like that's awesome. Kind of going off of the entrepreneurship thing you were talking about. So um, our next question is, what is some advice you would give to someone who is passionate about sustainability and entrepreneurship? Uh, Similar to what I was saying, just pursue it. Uh, So what are you passionate about? Um, my one advice, if you're getting into entrepreneurship, do it as a group. Um, solopreneur is not all it's cracked out to be, in my opinion. Um, it's harder and harder to do a business by yourself with the pace of that business is going at. Um, so learn a bit more about the back end. learn about entrepreneurship. Uh, I like creating a hierarchy of like what, so if you're saying passionate about sustainability and entrepreneurship, Decide which one are you more passionate about, sustainability or entrepreneurship? Um, Can you surround yourself with other people who are passionate about that? Keeping in mind that you want different skill sets. So you want to share a passion for something, but you really want to hone in and have different skill sets. That's the one thing I say with uh, Sysgrainable. Me and Clinton are kind of the remaining co-founders. And people like if you meet us and you talk with us both at the same time, you'll start to be like, wow, you two are very different. The one thing we have in common is a crazy work ethic, but we have, we're both passionate about what we're trying to do. Um, and we both have a mutual respect for each other's uh, side of the business, but you don't have to come up with a solution today. Uh, if something excites you, follow it. It doesn't have to be a business. Uh, definitely do. I like to hone in on customer discovery first. Uh, make sure you're going to have customers. If you're going to be looking at building a business, and really try and hone in on who is that customer. Uh, the fewer you have that are going to be spending more, the better. Yeah, love it. I guess if we could kind of circle back to sustainable, uh, in somewhere you mentioned that it tackles uh, the company tackles over forty nine billion dollars in food waste opportunity. And what would you say listeners can do in their everyday lives to kind of help ameliorate these numbers? start becoming conscious about it. So is there food waste happening in your home? Um, That's the number one place that people can look at is, especially when you're buying fresh food, um, making sure you're aware of what you're putting in the fridge. Everybody's been guilty of it. Something goes and rots in the back of your fridge. Um, But yeah, food waste is happening in the home. Another thing is being conscious of like, maybe when you're at the grocery store, there's starting to be more and more options of, uh, I don't really like the term ugly produce, uh, but it is gaining popularity, but produce that 
you might not eat fresh, but if you're going to be doing cooking and stuff like that, and you know that that's what's happening with your meal plans, then maybe buy the stuff that's not the prettiest. Um, Sometimes it's discounted. If you know you're going to be making something immediately or it's going into smoothies, then you don't need to um, buy the prettiest looking uh, fruit and vegetables, for example. But I think everybody has like a small role to pay. You don't need to go out of your way to start taking those small steps, decide which one kind of feels the most right for you right now. And then slowly start layering on more and more as you're getting more comfortable. Um, and then, yeah, if you're really keen to tackle it, then look into business opportunities involved because there's a ton of them that'll be popping up over the next five to 10 years. Cool. Um, I guess that's kind of one of our wrap up questions. I was wondering where, where can people in Vancouver or even across Canada find sustainable products in case they're interested? Yeah, so the best place to start the search is just sustainable.com or .ca. Um, we do have a store finder and it really depends what you're looking for. So we do have some cafes that carry ready-baked uh, cookies. We've started another partnership with a bakery. So hopefully they'll be creating new products um, and we'll get to see some already finished baked goods uh, growing around Vancouver. And then for the baking mixes, um, same thing. We're looking at getting in more and more retailers. We're having some pretty good conversations and we're looking forward to get into some bigger retailers for this fall and Christmas season. Uh, for any UBC listeners, we're both at the bookstore and um, can't announce it yet, but keep your, by the time this gets released, may, we might just be in a cafe on campus. Ooh, exciting. Well, I think, I think I have an idea of maybe where it would be, but hopefully it will, well, you guys will be there by the time uh, school rolls around. Uh, okay, one last final question. What is your number one poker advice? I got to know. <laughs> oh, man, I haven't played in a while. Um, play the, don't just play the cards. You got to play the players. You got to play the table. It's kind of like business, too. Don't just play. You can't just fall in love with your product. You have to fall in love with the market. You have to fall in love with everything. Um, but yeah, and constantly be learning. So you want to be learning about the people at the table. You want to be learning about your customers, if it's business, you want to be learning about the other players, what they're doing, try and find their tells. Because, um, yeah, I was a more of a tournament poker player, and I always like to get into fewer pots, but win bigger pots. Um, so I could sit and watch more often than play. Cool. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks for speaking with us today, Mark. It was a cool conversation, and we're happy that you were able to speak with us. Mm-hmm.